2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com.
3: Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today. Here on SportsGrid, good morning. Happy Tuesday to you here on the show. Happy Thanksgiving to those of you in advance. Craig Mish, Davis Maddock with you here on the program we will recap Monday night football, of course talk a little world cup, get you ready for the NBA slate tonight and Davis naturally huge upset in the uh in the world cup today no doubt everyone is buzzing about the win uh, by Saudi Arabia and uh, i suppose San Francisco 49ers fans are buzzing about watching their team play last night i think that was the best looking offense i've seen from them all season
4: yeah i mean they're the they're the death star uh right now uh, you 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 got a question the operator of the death star but i I do think one thing's kind of interesting about jimmy garoppolo this season it does feel like he's um you know i don't know like playing like it doesn't matter or or just understanding this is his last like he's playing more free he's getting out of the pocket a little bit you know throwing over the field a little bit more trusting his arm down the hashes which is what we've been begging jimmy to do forever and if jimmy can be like I don't know, the eighth best quarterback in football. I mean, the 49ers can totally win a Super Bowl, given how strong this defense is. And, and you know, McCaffrey's in there, and Ayuk is always open, and Debo scored last. I mean, I, I would bet, I bet if you go look, this has got to be the first time ever that Ayuk, Kittle, and Debo all scored in the same game. I, I would bet, if we went and looked that up, I would bet it was the first time ever.
3: Yeah, they brought in Elijah Mitchell at the end of the game. He was dominant on the ground. I thought that was as good a performance as you're going to see. As uh, That's where we'll begin. It was a total domination last night. Um, Cardinals just are going nowhere fast. 49ers are headed toward the playoffs. There's no question as they win in Mexico City. The Broncos have waived running back Melvin Gordon. We'll see where he ends up landing. He's fumbled a bunch of times this season. Robert Sala would not commit to Zach Wilson as his starting quarterback. There is some rumbling that maybe Joe Flacco would get the start uh, this week. We'll see. New Jersey Devils win their 13th straight game, tying the franchise record. So I suppose we can get into the Jets here a little bit, Davis. Naturally, this has been a lot of the talking points on a lot of these shows here about uh, Wilson, his comments after the game, when he was asked whether or not he felt he let the defense down. Davis, he said no. Uh, You know, there were some reports that that said it rubbed people the wrong way. Of course, the players are doing a really good job at this point coming out and saying, he did not rub anybody the wrong way. It's just, you know, a matter of fact. But look, let's just be honest. I mean, the Jets are sort of have have gotten to this point kind of in spite of Zach Wilson. I personally don't think Joe Flacco is better. I don't think it will go well. I don't know if they have another quarter. Do they still have Mike White? I'm not even sure. But they're in a yes. really tough spot because they've gotten off to a really good start, Davis. And basically, if the Jets just could play 500. For the rest of the season and the rest of the games they're gonna sneak in as a playoff spot i mean they're not gonna go anywhere but that would be just huge for them to get in i don't know how they could do it in spite of this offense
4: yeah their schedule gets pretty tough so they're they're gonna face an injured justin fields this week they they might be able to win that one but then they play at the vikings at the bills uh then they close out their season with the seahawks and the dolphins i would be pretty pretty surprised uh regardless of, of if mike white joe flacco or zach wilson was their quarterback for them to uh for them to generate enough wins to get there i i think probably the most damning statistic for zach wilson is that uh, he started seven games joe flacco started three joe flacco is still the new york jets leading touchdown thrower he has yeah. five passing touchdowns in three games zach wilson has four um zach wilson just it's like you know you got to give your young quarterback, your first round quarterback, you got to give him a lot of rope. But when you watch a performance like that last week, I mean, what's the point? I mean, what do you, it's like? Zach Wilson is not going to be the quarterback of this team next year. You've already gotten these wins, right? I mean, you're not going to give these wins back. You're six and four right now. You got to do what you could do to get to ten wins, like you were saying. I don't think you get there. I don't think you get to ten wins with oh, Zach Wilson playing like this. I mean, there there was seventeen punts in that Jets Patriots game. I mean, just unbelievable how bad Zach Wilson was in that game. And we've had these conversations before. It's like, you know, Robert Sala can't look at his, he can't look his guys in the face and say, Zach Wilson gives us the best chance to win.
3: Yeah. I, I just don't know that they have anybody else on the roster. I think that's sort of the, the issue and the point with the Jets, no doubt about that. Uh, Melvin Gordon, uh, nice career. We'll always remember him from a fantasy uh, perspective with the Chargers, Davis, which was when he was at his best. But I just hate the way that the Broncos have operated this season, like cutting Melvin Gordon. Like that's the statement after losing to the Raiders. I don't. Know. I I just hate everything about them this year. I got to be honest.
4: I mean, they're uh, they're the team that I love to hate the most. I mean, we like I I think Nathaniel Hackett should be fired. Um, you know, and, and just by the way, they have dug themselves in such a hole. How do you get out of this hole? You don't have any yeah. picks. You're all capped out. You're paying Nathaniel Hackett all this money. I mean, I guess the new Broncos ownership group, it's not like a Raiders situation where they're worried about not being able to have enough cash on hand to pay a new coach, and that's why McDaniel still has a job. But what do you do? What do you do if you're the Broncos ownership group? I, I don't know, because they are in a huge hole.
3: No, and I know that a different play calling was had last week for the Broncos. I couldn't tell a lick of a difference in that game last week against the Raiders with whoever was calling the plays for the Denver Broncos against the Raiders in that loss in overtime. But coming up next, it's time for us to dive into our fantasy standouts between the Arizona Cardinals and San Francisco 49ers banner day for the 49ers. As, as David mentioned, everybody getting involved in, uh, in some of the action. So we'll have that for you coming up. And then, of course, we'll preview tonight's NBA slate as well. This is a Tuesday edition of Fantasy Sports Today right here on Sports Grid. Great to be with you. Happy holidays to all. And we'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Stay
5: on the grid. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
6: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
3: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid, Monday Night Football, proving to be a very successful night, for those of you who were uh, losing in fantasy football leagues, you had some 49ers who are feeling really good about that outcome there. Not so much on the side of the Cardinals, but we're going to dive right into it. Let's get to the fantasy standouts on the 49ers and their big win in Mexico City last night. We'll start off with Jimmy Garoppolo, a rare four touchdown performance from Jimmy G, 228 passing yards as well. Christian McCaffrey, a huge part of what the 49ers did in the first half, and the second half was really interesting. He didn't play all that much, and they went to Elijah Mitchell. He had seven receptions, though, 67 yards, along with 39 rushing yards. Debo Samuel, a rushing touchdown, uh, pretty incredible run there for him, in addition to seven receptions and 57 yards. And then George Kittle, four receptions, 84 yards, and two touchdowns. That really should have been just one touchdown, to be honest with you, Davis. I don't think Arizona... Their defenders had any interest in just literally pushing him out of bounds <laughs> he was like on the sidelines, like waiting to get pushed out, and never did. That's why he scored twice.
4: Yeah, well, Arizona is the worst defense in the NFL against tight ends. I believe the, the statistic is they've allowed three more touchdowns and 200 more yards to tight ends than any other team has allowed to tight ends. I mean, kind of hard to put put stock in that stuff, but it is sort of unbelievable how bad They continue to be against defending tight ends. was really good, I thought, to see Debo Samuel, you know, back looking like Debo Samuel. We were actually talking about that with our friend Andrew Erickson from Fantasy Pros yesterday. I mean, Debo has just been so far below what he did last season, way below his expected points, whereas last season he was, like, basically setting records for fantasy points over expected. I did think it was interesting, though. I mean, I guess at the end of the game, they stopped playing their starters only 59 of the snaps for debo samuel i i do think this role that they used him in yesterday way better for fantasy than the role he had last year actually where i mean they stopped targeting him last year he was averaging in the second half of the season like three and a half targets per game no one noticed and no one cared because he kept scoring a billion touchdowns but seven targets 57 yards and then you add the little bit of rushing here and there kind of in that joker role that's what you wanted when you drafted him um McCaffrey, i mean what what is there to say about McCaffrey? guy is it's just guy just spits out fantasy points has a pretty lackluster game doesn't score mm-hmm. a touchdown you know you never really noticed him when he was out there and what do you get 15 ppr points i mean it's really unbelievable how consistent he is when he is on the field and uh also i mean jimmy garoppolo i i always give it to him when he's bad so i gotta i gotta lot him up when he plays well I mean, he just, he perfectly executed the Shanahan offense yesterday. And I, I don't think I've ever seen him be quite that dialed in.
3: Yeah, no, it was, it was just dominant from start to finish uh, on the Arizona side. Now they played without Kyler Murray yesterday. He's expected to return by the way, to their next game, but we, uh, you know, certainly we'll see their season of, you know, kind of feels like it's over to be honest. Uh, Colt McCoy yesterday, 218 passing yards, just six rushing yards an interception and he was just getting sacked and and just dominated all game long. James Connor ended up scoring a touchdown to save his day. He also had 42 rushing yards, two receptions, 12 yards. Greg Dortch was the beneficiary of a lot of late uh, passing at the end of the game. So he had nine for one Oh three and Deandre Hopkins had nine for 91. But uh, look, I I think inevitably when you look at the Cardinals, Davis, this is to me, I mean, Denver is a really disappointing team, but it's sort of like now playing it through, it's like you kind of understand it. With Arizona, I think maybe the most disappointing team may be the, in the NFC. Just too much talent on this team. And I know they're playing without Murray, and they were huge underdogs last night. They should not have won the game, to be clear. Like, it's when you're a 10-point underdog, you're not supposed to win. But it, it's disappointing, man. They got a lot of really good players. I know Rondell Moore went out early in this game, but they have got to i think reshuffle the deck next year or something it's just you know too much promise and no delivery
4: no delivery i mean uh they they extended their general manager steve kime they extended cliff kingsbury no idea what would lead the uh you know the ownership the decision makers in arizona to doing that they they pretty much wasted kyler murray's rookie contract uh you know i mean the, the biggest gift you can have in the NFL is, like, you know, an all-pro-level quarterback, and people can debate if Kyler is that or not. I, I certainly think that he is. You can debate it, whatever. Uh, but, I mean, wasting that rookie contract is, like, the worst thing you can do. I mean, we see the Buffalo Bills going all-in this season. They're paying everyone. They're trading draft picks. Like, they don't care. They're trying to spend before they have to pay Josh Allen a billion dollars a year. And uh, I believe Kyler's contract extension kicks in, Next season, audio, you know, I mean, just a, horrible for the Arizona Cardinals. I saw a couple uh, people on Twitter last night. So Rondell Moore, pass that he happened to catch, or it, it actually was registered as a rush attempt, went for negative seven yards. And I oh. saw a bunch of people on Twitter saying, I started Rondell Moore, I was up by half a point, I was up by two points, whatever. I kept Rondell Moore in my lineup, and lo and behold, I lost my fantasy matchup because oh. he lost points and then got injured losing those points. And by the way, I mean, Greg George playing his position, turning in 20 PPR points, I mean, you have to feel pretty confident he probably would have just gotten those numbers. And DeAndre Hopkins, uh, I mean, you know, about as bad as a game could go for the Arizona Cardinals, and he's still gonna get his thing. It it just sort of feels like I mean, honestly, maybe if Hopkins had not been suspended, we would have ended up in a different position for the Cardinals. You know, he he does seem very integral. And and you know, they're going to get Hollywood Brown back. I mean, I I agree with you. Their season is like 90% to be done. But even given how bad their season has been, they are not that far out of a playoff spot, actually, because of the the two wild cards, right? I I mean, basically, uh, if the New York Giants go on a losing streak, the sixth seed in the NFC could be anybody. I mean, it could just be, it could be absolutely anybody.
3: Yeah, and, and I think, look, it, it's sort of still wide open. Um, and, and listen, the excuse that they've played a lot of close games is fair, but pretty much everybody in the NFL has played a lot of close games. Remember, Murray had to lead them back a couple times, running all around the field and, and throwing touchdowns too. But look, I suppose that this is the nature of of what is going on. Now, in terms of more, you mentioned that. I did see that too. I played in a really tight uh, fantasy game last night too. It came right down to the end in one of my leagues. I ended up winning, got real lucky there at the end. So, you know, I understand, you know, coming up waiver wire is gonna hit there. If Moore is out, I, I think Dorch at this point is probably dropped in some fantasy leagues. Maybe he'll come back up.
4: Oh yeah. I mean I dropped I dropped Greg Dorch in in a bunch of leagues where I was using him earlier on in the season. And uh yeah, I mean, I, I guess the question would be what are they gonna do when Hollywood returns next week? Is Hollywood gonna play in the slot? I mean, probably not. Like Hollywood will probably play on the outside and the uh you know, the the AJ Green Robbie Anderson snaps I mean remember when Robbie Anderson got traded I kind of kind of liked the idea of Robbie Anderson playing in Arizona I kind of thought he still had uh some juice last uh you know and and absolutely nothing played 33 snaps last night AJ Green played 55 and just absolutely nothing from those guys I mean absolutely zero production it's it's horrible I just I can't believe this is the roster that Kyler's playing with I mean uh, if I can't do another year of Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury, they got it. They like the, the, the Raiders, the Broncos and the Cardinals. If they have the same organizational structure next year, I'm like, just going to boycott them. But I'm gonna be, like, I'm not taking their players. I don't care. Like I'm not talking about these idiots on the show. Like it just, it's so painful to see these organizations run so poorly.
3: Yeah, I to look, Devontae Adams, I still draft anywhere. I mean, that guy is – True, true, I mean, you, true. You know he's getting the ball. They have no one else, and they still can't stop this guy. Like, I mean, that just tells you how good he is, no doubt, in the NFL for sure. All right, coming up next, it's time for us to dive into tonight's NBA slate. We've got a slate tonight and a slate tomorrow, and then uh, no games on Thanksgiving Day in the NBA, of course. So uh, we'll preview tonight's slate as well. A programming reminder for tomorrow's show – uh, I'll be taking the day off, and so Davis will be back in the house, I believe, with George Kurtz, and then we are both off for Thanksgiving Day. So I'll be back here with you guys again on Monday. But stay on the grid. We got plenty more to come here on Fantasy Sports today. Our daily look at tonight's slate in the NBA. Stay on the grid. We'll be right back. Great, great.
5: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
6: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All
3: right, the NBA got a short slate tonight. Excuse me, we're going to review that huge slate tomorrow night. By the way, I saw 13 games in the NBA uh, but naturally, we'll dive right in. Uh, Davis here in South Florida, lots of panic going on. The Miami Heat's lost uh, four straight games, all on the road. Went on on the road, lost every single game. Uh, interesting notes, also the Warriors sitting all their players recently. Too, it's like we're getting to that point of the season where we're approaching Christmas Day, and you sort of learn a little bit more about who these teams are in the NBA. But uh, shorts late tonight, and we'll sort of run through it and figure it out.
4: Yeah, we got a four-game slate. I mean, I I would tell. The Miami Heat people, I mean, what are you going to do? Jimmy Butler not playing, Tyler Hero not playing, Bam Adebayo basically just being the toughest guy on the team and saying, I'm not healthy, my knee's banged up, but I'm going to play anyways. I mean, you know, that the other night, two games ago, they had only seven available players, so everyone on the team was just dog-tired by the end of that game. Then they had to play the next night. So I would, I would hold off on the panic uh you know if i was a if i was a miami heat fan and, and the eastern conference has not been quite as overwhelmingly strong as we thought particularly because brooklyn and philadelphia mm-hmm. two teams that we're going to talk about tonight have not been near as strong and um i mean it is unbelievable though like we are in uh what what is it? i mean we we just passed over a month most teams have played between like 15 and 18 games at this point the injuries on tonight's slate I mean, half of Philadelphia's rotation is out. James Harden is out. Joel Embiid yep. is out. Tyrese Maxey is out. Tobias Harris is, is heavily questionable. John Morant is probably out for Memphis. Nikola Jokic is questionable at coming out of the health and safety protocols. Desmond Bain is out. Ked Cunningham is out. Chris Paul is out. Like, we're a month into the season, and dudes are just dropping, like, absolute flies, I, And which kind of, in a way, is better for daily fantasy because it makes the pricing a little bit more dynamic you have more decisions to make, but from like a fan enjoyment perspective, I mean, imagine you bought tickets, you know, to this Brooklyn Philadelphia game tonight and you're like, I'm going to be there and bead versus Simmons. They're going to be squaring off. They're going to be jawing at each other. And oh, no, Nets favored by a bunch. Philadelphia stinks like that kind of sucks.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, th- there is some intrigue tonight is James Harden. I don't know how Philadelphia stands a chance, but let's go through it here. And take a look at tonight's slate in the NBA over on DraftKings, and we'll start off with some of the higher-priced options. De'Aaron Fox is priced at 9600. There's Kyrie Irving at 94, Devin Booker at 93, Russell Westbrook, who's been piling up the assists for the Lakers, is at 83. The De'Anthony Melton is at 75, and then Dylan Brooks tonight at 7300
4: yeah uh i mean the philadelphia guards all of them have to be the best plays of the slate for ken Korkmaz is is the minimum salary he's gonna be in there a bunch for philadelphia shake milton is probably gonna play like 35 minutes tonight for philadelphia uh d'anthony melton who they traded uh for in the offseason or uh, d'anthony melton is uh yeah i mean th- just a super strong play bones highland has been uh playing a ton of minutes at guard so like the interesting thing is the super high price guards tonight. Um, you know, De'Aaron Fox, uh, some of those guys. I mean, even Cameron Payne against the Lakers, Jade Ivey, I don't think those guys are going to get owned near as much, which I I think is is. Oh, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday. You know, when all of the value is coming at one position, spending up on that position and using some of the value at the other positions is in general kind of a, a pretty interesting way to go. The other thing I've noticed um in build, you know, in um, you know, building all of these lineups is that some nights when I'm sitting there on DraftKings and I'm figuring myself out, I'm like, okay, I like these three value guys, I like this mid-tier guy, I like this expensive guy. I mean, sometimes I'm having lineups that are like $500, 600, 700 left over the cap, which is like never used to be the case on DraftKings and I have to think a little bit more. In depth about that, but I do wonder if just not spending all the salary when the value on a short slate like this, when it's so abundant, I have to wonder if that's maybe like an interesting way to get off combos that your opponents are not playing.
3: Yeah, and definitely so. Rare to have some money left over there. All right, let's take a look at some other options tonight. And on Brooklyn's side, Kevin Durant is another pretty good option tonight at 11,200 over on DraftKings. It is a Suns matchup against the Los Angeles Lakers, and LeBron tonight for the Lakers is ten thousand four hundred. Tobias Harris all the way down to seventy eight hundred at that point. Dylan Brooks at seventy three, and Cal Bridges at sixty six, and Bojan Bogdanovic is sixty five hundred.
4: So the first thing that jumps out at me right away is that obviously Kevin Durant is is so much more expensive than everyone else. Uh, LeBron James has not been playing; seems like he should be back tonight. Um, those guys project way better than everyone else at the position, but neither of them are projected to be owned that much because the best points-per-dollar plays are all kind of the mid-tier guys. Bruce Brown playing a ton for Denver. He's projected to be the most owned forward of the slate. He's the best points-per-dollar play. Aaron Gordon, Ben Simmons, Mikhail Bridges, Boyan Bogdanovich, Daniel House Jr., who played 40 minutes the other night for the 76ers with, with all of their guys out. And again, I I kind of like you know trying to get Durant and LeBron maybe even in lineups together. Use two of the cheap Philadelphia guys. Use two of the cheap Denver guys. Kind of depending on what happens with them with health and safety protocols. They've been resting Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray intermittently, as well as having some guys in the health and safety protocol. So that's one of my that's one of my favorite things to try and tinker with tonight is playing Durant and LeBron together. Now, obviously. Things might go south for uh for the Brooklyn Nets because they might just win this game by like fifteen points, uh, and, and Durant obviously would not get a full complement of minutes there.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's uh that's obviously a problem in any blowout. They're not going to get the what you want. All right, so Anthony Davis tonight. Let's uh, let's cap it off here. If the Lakers can stay in the game tonight with the Phoenix Suns, maybe Davis is an option at ten thousand five hundred. Demontis Sabonis is at ninety five. DeAndre Ayton is at sixty eight hundred. Jaron Jackson Jr 64, would you dare play Ben Simmons tonight at 6300? And hey, Steven Adams making an appearance for us, the big man tonight at 5400.
4: Uh yeah, I I definitely would I think play a little bit of Steven Adams. I mean, maybe not if I'm only playing one lineup, but if I'm playing a bunch, I do think that uh I do think that he's pretty interesting. The guy, I mean, and we talked about this the the day that Jokic went into the health and safety protocols. The guy I'm not playing in these spots is deandre jordan uh i mean one i just don't think he has the minutes upside i think that he's pretty much capped at like 25 26 minutes regardless of what happens they'll play a little bit of aaron gordon as a small ball center they'll bring in uh zeke Naji, who i love i mean zeke nagy uh, i i really wish this dude would get more playing time for denver feels like every time i watch a nuggets game and, and he subs in he like blocks a shot hits a three like you know locks someone down on defense i, I really think um, he he should have an opportunity to win that backup center job over DeAndre Jordan, uh, like DeAndre Ayton against the Lakers. I like Jalen Duran against. Uh, I like Jalen Duran of, of the Detroit Pistons as a value option. But probably the most interesting guy to look at is Anthony Davis because to start the year uh, he was looking not not all that strong. He kind of looks like New Orleans Anthony Davis again. Uh, he is averaging 12 rebounds a game. That is. Far and away, the most he has ever averaged as a member of the Lakers. He's never averaged double-digit rebounds. He's up to 25 points per game. Again, that would that like his last season in New Orleans, 25.9, 12 rebounds, four assists, basically identical numbers this year for him. And that's a huge key for the Lakers because if they are going to do anything, if they are going, yeah, I mean they're five and ten right now. If they're going to dig out of this hole, and LeBron has been banged up, the whole thesis is that. Anthony Davis has got to be an all NBA guy. He's got to be a top 15 player in the NBA because Russell Westbrook isn't doing it. You know, none of these bench guys, you know, Troy Brown. And I mean, I can't believe this is the, the Los Angeles Lakers roster, but I do really like uh, Anthony Davis today. I think he's a super
3: strong option. Yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously there's a 13 game uh, slate tomorrow as well. And then we take a break of course for Thanksgiving and then the games again return on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. At this point in the season, it would seem to me, Davis, that I know Milwaukee's played very well. There's no question. It, but it does seem to me that I don't recall being a month into the year and sort of not really having a clue as to who maybe will, will win the championship. I, I feel like there's still some option out there as a possibility. The Warriors have not played well. I know the Celtics obviously are near the top or close to it just because of the consistency, but they lost their coach. It, it kind of feels like a wide-open year. Maybe that'll change, though, by the time we get to Christmas and, and later in the year.
4: I mean, the probably the most interesting thing is that the two favorites are likely the teams that are going to meet each other in the conference finals again, which is the Bucs and the Celtics. I mean, at this point, my my issue with Boston is, in the end, it's crunch time. Your guys are playing 40 minutes a night, 42 minutes a night. You're You're desperately having to find – some shots and maybe Malcolm Brogdon will change this, but the shots that the Boston Celtics were getting in the conference finals and particularly the shots they were getting against the warriors. I mean, it's just, you know, a lot of 18 footers, a lot of contested layups like Tatum and Brown, obviously are phenomenal players, all NBA players like Tatum, probably a first team, all NBA player, but not, they're not as good as Giannis, right? At the end of the day, Giannis is, I think probably the best player in the NBA the I mean, the most interesting thing about the odds actually probably I, I misspoke is that the Warriors have looked like crap. I mean they've looked really bad yeah. and they're still seven to one to win the championship. So if you are a huge believer, uh like the Denver Nuggets at 16 to one on FanDuel seem interesting to me. Um the Memphis Grizzlies, like there I think there are some opportunities left in these markets.
3: Yeah, no doubt. And it'll be interesting to follow as we continue on. All right, we got to take one more time out here on the show. Coming up next, it's time for some fantasy or reality, some hot rumors in the hot stove. It's been a very slow baseball-free agency season, which is not surprising, but we'll have the latest for you coming up next. So stay on the grid. Don't go away
6: every time.
5: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
6: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
3: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on Grid, we got Fantasy Sports Today coming up. Now uh, Thanksgiving Day holiday is coming up Fast and Furious, I'll be taking that off here, and uh, I'll be off tomorrow, as a matter of fact, here. Long time coming since uh, (laughs) it's been a long football season. So Davis, I want to just throw this out at you here before I depart for the rest of the week. So we have three games on Thanksgiving Day, and Detroit Buffalo is one of them, Giants and Cowboys is the next, and then Minnesota New England is the nightcap. Which of the three do you think will be the best which game do you think has a chance to be the closest the exciting if we're going to be talking about and maybe it's the egg bowl maybe it's mississippi state mississippi that game's always insane uh but let, let's just stick with the nfl though which game do you think ends up being the one when we're back here on monday going oh that was the best game of the three
4: uh f- probably the giants cowboys game is the only one that has like any ability to to have any intrigue uh the the bills are are well the bills are either going to really struggle and just make me frustrated and want to turn my tv off against the lions and vikings patriots is going to be horrible i mean bill belichick hates his quarterback like that that performance gets i mean obviously you know zach wilson's getting all the heat this morning but like matt jones stunk pretty good in that game yeah. too like it's it's not as if the patriots are really surprising anyone uh the bills lions game will probably be the best for like fantasy we'll see like you know, some deep throws and Josh Allen running around or whatever. Uh, but but the the Cowboys, you know, having the ability to beat the Giants in this game, uh, really, really bad for the Giants making the playoffs to lose this game to the uh, to the Dallas Cowboys. So I, I think both teams, well, I'm hoping both teams are going to be on it in that game for sure.
3: Yeah, I would doubt that. <laughs> Probably some underdog ends up winning outright on Thursdays, my guess. All right, time for some fantasy or reality. davis yesterday aaron judge spotted in san francisco i'm not sure who took the video i'm not even sure where it was looked like a hotel not particularly sure but it now has been reported that judge is going to meet with the giants today now we do know that the giants have just uh, more money or as much money than any team in baseball they can spend whatever they want tremendous revenue they sell out that park all the time and it looks like at the very least they're at least trying to see if they can afford to keep aaron judge the only other team That is obvious that's going to be involved here at this point of the yankees and davis this could be a two-team race unless we hear of another team jumping in fantasy or reality aaron judge will be a new york yankee next season
4: yeah you know i think at this point i i gotta say i gotta say fantasy because it sounds like it's it's just kind of brewing up to be the classic this guy shouldn't chase the money he should, he should stay with the team that drafted him, yada, yada, you know, at the hometown discount, which I hate, right? Absolutely hate that. I mean, like, I, I do love when a guy stays with one team his whole career, Joey Votto, you know, guys like that. Um, it, There's there's definitely something, like, a little nostalgic about it, but I don't like when the, you know, the, the billion-dollar organization just basically, like, uses that to try and save some money. And, I mean, that seems to be pretty clear what the Yankees are doing right now. And uh, I don't think Aaron Judge will fall for it. I, or at, least, at least I hope he doesn't. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what team is coming in. Giants, Dodgers, Mets, whoever. I mean, the Mets would definitely be the funniest if they just gave Aaron Judge a blank check. Now, I, I like, understand why teams would be hesitant to give Judge a blank check. You know, like a guy who is, a, uh, you know, minus value in the outfield. Got a pretty big hole in his swing. Like even when he's been really good, he strikes out like more than twenty five percent of the time, which isn't as big of a deal now as it used to be, but it, it's still not great. Like I could see his skill set aging kind of poorly, but yeah, I got I got fantasy. I think that uh I think he's going to be on another team. Yeah,
3: I I have reality. I do think he ends up with the Yankees, but your point is well taken about the discount. But Davis, I do not think you have to worry about that because he already had a chance to do that over $220 True. million dollars that he turned down with the Yankees. Aaron Judge is going to sign Davis with the team that offers him the most money. I don't think you have to worry because it would have been done already. He could have stayed with New York.
4: Right. So right, if, right. It, if it's
3: bidding back and forth between the Giants and the Yankees, it's basically the team that goes a dollar or above. That's it. I, I or Or then what he did last year made no sense. He should have just stayed with the Yankees if that was the case. Uh, But but I do think in the end, I do think in the end that the Yankees will outbid the San Francisco Giants and he'll end up there. Now, here is the problem with this. I'm wrong a lot on these, man. I have been wrong a lot of Freddie Freeman. Like, we could just keep going back where I'm like, ah, he's going to go back. Ah, he's going to go back. And the guy always ends up leaving. So this is not a bet I would want to make with you. But I'm going to say that he ends up back with the Yankees because... I mean, the only one that just keeps going back at this point, Davis, is is is, uh, is Kershaw. Everybody else ends up leaving. Like, everybody goes to another team. Kershaw keeps going back. I mean, Verlander, does he stay? Does DeGrom, does he stay? I, I, I don't know. These guys, they go for the money, and I can't blame them whatsoever. All right, last night on Twitter, a reporter named John Sokoloff tweeted out that Lane Kiffin, the head coach at Mississippi, is going to be leaving and taking the head coach, at auburn now uh, auburn's had a lot of problems David. So the last few years they have not won a lot of games they're going to play against alabama this weekend in the iron bowl and the egg bowl is coming up by the way on thursday night which really makes this super intriguing to see how his team performs mississippi by the way has gone in the crapper the last few weeks they looked like they had a chance at the playoff and now have lost a bunch i don't know if that's factored in or not so this is a reporter reporting a story lane kiffin says it's not true so this is going to be a really interesting uh, final here because uh, I don't, and I'll get into, I'll get into why in a second, but first let's, let's turn it to you. Fantasy or reality, Davis, this reporter, John Sokoloff regrets tweeting out that Lane Kiffin will become Auburn's next head coach.
4: Well, he probably regrets it right now for, for this moment in time. If we asked him right now, you know, he would probably say like, someone lied to me. I got a bad source i didn't i didn't double confirm yada yada however if in the end uh lane kiffin does end up taking this job and he he tried to dunk on this poor reporter who was just reporting something that he heard he's gonna get one over he'll be able to redunk on Cl- on lane kiffin yeah. you know he'll be able to post some dumb meme or whatever uh and and be like y- yada yada look at me so like I guess the, the answer to this question would be contingent on what what was this guy Sokolov's source? Like, did he hear this from someone who knows the Auburn athletic director or was this like a college football message board rumor, right? Because like in college football, you hear all sorts of crazy stuff. I mean, coaches are – and particularly Lane Kiffin has been at the center of like 900 controversies and, and misreportings and, and corrected reports later in his career like this dude – Is insane. Um. So, so I would say, you know what? I'm gonna go fantasy because I think in the end, where there's smoke, there's fire, and Lane Kiffin probably is going to Auburn.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna say the same thing. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say fantasy here. Now, I will say this: having been in this reporter spot, Davis, like you, you're feeling your body is shaking when this is happening. You're feeling really bad. Like, oh my gosh, am I wrong here? Did I get something wrong? I mean, this is the guy saying it didn't happen. But, and it, and it's a horrible feeling, Davis, especially being wrong. I got to tell you, if I'm going to be wrong initially on something, this is the one that I want to be wrong on. Because Lane Kiffin, I mean, do you remember he coached the Raiders? Do you recall this? He was the coach. And I think he is leaving. I think he is leaving Mississippi. Now, again, I'm guessing. I don't have any insight into this. But I think that this reporter is going to have his shot to dunk back. Now, the only thing I would add to this story, Davis, is that this is a really high paying job at Mississippi and he's got it real good. I don't know what the advantage going to Auburn is outside of getting more money, which he's always done. Lane Kiffin goes for the money. But beyond that, I don't know. It feels like Mississippi's got just as good a good shot to, uh, you know, to get to the college football playoff. He does at Auburn. Auburn stinks, but I'll say, I'll say fantasy. I don't think he's going to regret this. I, I think that this guy is going to end up being right. And Kiffin's going to go to Auburn. And then what would Lane Kiffin say? <laughs> After that, Davis, oh, well, at the time, I didn't have it. He doesn't care. I think he's got, like, zero self-awareness whatsoever. I don't, I don't think he
4: might. Yeah, he really doesn't oh, care.
3: He does not. He does not. All right. I, I love his dad, by the way, defensive coordinator that brought that uh, Tampa 2 defense, uh, um, Monty Kiffin. Okay, let's close it out here. This is a nice story. We don't normally end with nice stories. We're going to do one here. There was someone who was uh, combing the beach with one of those metal detectors in northern Florida, and he's, he's combing the beach, Davis, and he comes across a ring. And I guess, it, you know, the beeping starts, whatever, and he goes into the dirt, picks it up, and it's a uh, diamond engagement ring. And not like one of your, you know, one-carat or two-carat rings, Davis, like a $40,000 engagement ring. So this is somebody obviously really wealthy. And, uh, you know, makes the decision at that point, instead of keeping the ring, which he very well could have done, somebody lost it, to seek out and find the person who owned the ring went on instagram went on twitter put ads whatever in the paper i don't know and the person ended up uh, you know saying you know crying thank you so much i found the ring so the guy was asked why he just didn't keep it and he says you know he believes in good karma you do something good for someone that comes back to you here's where we're at long story short fantasy reality that's the story that's the background you believe in good or or karma in general and it doesn't even say good here you believe in karma
4: well yeah i mean probably like the the essential elements of of this that uh that that you kind of get what you put out into the universe that uh you know positive energy is going to beget positive energy negative energy is going to beget positive energy that that these things sort of all come around uh yeah yeah i do i mean and in the more like westernized sense of it because you know it's like obviously uh everything in popular culture becomes so far divorced from what it actually is like karma is not like you do a good deed and then a good thing happens to you i don't, I don't necessarily believe in that but i think in general the general sense in which the word uh is used and the way people understand it yeah yeah i think i do
3: yeah I, I think i do too and it's interesting in this situation it's a rare situation where i think i would have done the same thing that the guy did because i i feel like like somebody who's doing this, Davis, is trying to make a few bucks and they're trying to find gold and silver and coins uh, combing the beach. What do they make out there? You know, a few hundred dollars for doing it like this, like this was a personal situation for someone. I think that I may have done the same thing. And, and, you know, you know me, I catch that home run ball. I'm selling it. But this is one of those where it's like, my gosh, you know, this is somebody's like life treasure for their ring. How, how am I going to be the one to do it? And I guess what you have to do is you have to hope that you give the ring back to the person. And then all of a sudden you get a check in the mail for like five grand or something like that from the, like that would be the, if I was doing, I would be the right thing to do. I would do that. So yeah, I, I sort of believe in that and, and having a career in broadcasting Davis and had been doing so many jobs. I absolutely do believe in that because I've been kicked and, and sent around and hired and gone different places. And I always, am like even keel doing the same thing. Cause I believe that at some point, that karma is gonna come back to me in some way, whether I'm doing, I'm in the right or I'm in the wrong, I always try to keep it because you never know who you're gonna interact with in the future and in all likelihood in anything that you're doing, there's a chance your career wise, if you choose a career path, always remember your next career path could end up being somebody from your past. I'm in agreement with that as well. Okay, I don't know if that made sense, but it made sense as I was saying it. We will come back and wrap it up with the Sports Grid 60. I'll be back with you at two o'clock Eastern. For NewsWire. So stay on the grid with us as we'll come back and then we will wrap things up here on this Wednesday or on this Tuesday. As a reminder, George Kurtz in the house along with Davis tomorrow, right here on the show. We'll be right back. Right, right. Welcome back to fantasy sports today. As we wrap up the show today, let's turn it over to Davis. He'll give us a minute of commentary on something. Let's find out. Here's the sports grid 60.
4: So this morning we had an 18 to one underdog win a game in the world cup. Saudi Arabia beats Argentina. Argentina starts the scoring. In the eighth minute, then in the 15th minute, they get a goal ruled out via the offsides. They're kind of just hanging out. You know, they're just, they're, they're being Argentina. They're passing the ball around Saudi Arabia score one. They start to uh, pull forward a little bit. Saudi Arabia scores. If you've not seen this goal, unbelievable. You know, just absolute rocket Uh, 0.14 expected goals for Saudi Arabia in the two to one win. And uh, I mean, this is why people like the world cup, right? It's why people like March Madness. we all love we all love an underdog story it's like literally why these big single elimination tournaments are such great tv so I, i i did i did enjoy that although i do have a ticket on argentina to win the tournament
3: still barely alive there but still alive with a chance to win for sure all right so tonight you're hoping for the best but expecting the worst it is ben simmons return to play in Philadelphia. And uh, as Davis mentioned earlier in the show, this is sort of a shame that Harden is not playing and Embiid is not playing. You're not getting this full matchup, but that just always seems like the NBA. Someone's always out not playing. Um, You know, it would be nice if the city of Philadelphia would get behind Ben Simmons a little bit. Obviously, he's got some off-the-court stuff that go on with him. doesn't feel completely comfortable sometimes, it seems like. But yeah, he's probably going to get mercilessly booed. I get it. I understand it. Also, we've been tough on him. He has played a lot better recently, so maybe there is some cause to be optimistic about Ben Simmons, but I think that's probably the game of the night in sports to catch what Simmons does tonight as he returns to the city of brotherly love. Check it out. We'll talk about it here tomorrow on the show. That'll do it for us. Thanks again to LTN and, of course, our great graphics department. For my producer, Brett Levy, my co-host, Davis Matic, I'm Greg Mish. I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. George is in for me tomorrow, and I'll be back on Monday. Until then,